Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is our last episode in June, and it is one of our soar, or Struggle to Soar series. And I'm really excited to have Scott Biersack back on. He's been on plenty of times. I'm really excited to have him back on. One of my favorite people, and somebody I always, um, always doing something neat and is always willing to share. And so I really, really appreciate it. And just so you know, Colin just came, Amber, uh, is here David from Seattle so a bunch of your crew is in here too so yeah. um, glad to have everybody so Scott um, give us just a, a little bit uh, background kind of growing up the whole a little bit of the growing up kind of thing because I know you grew up in the Midwest and then you moved to Phoenix so kind of take us through that a little bit yeah, for sure. So I was uh, born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, had a great childhood. My dad um, had a really, really wonderful job. My mom as well. And, you know, we had, a, I guess, like a typical Midwest life. We, you know, we had a three-story house and we had a backyard for the kids to play in and um, um, all the toys you can imagine and all that stuff. You know, we'd go to Disney, uh, Disney World every summer and, you know, we'd have this amazing childhood up until... Um, when I was about 10, my dad had lost his job. Um, and that's a story in itself. But, uh, and then my mom was working for America West at the time. And the hub that she uh, was working at was closing down in Columbus, I believe. And so our, our move was uh, determined because of that. So in order for my mom to keep her job, we had to go somewhere else. And so a lot of the, or the biggest reason why we went to Phoenix because my my family's more of the spiritual nature, I guess, and we see the Phoenix almost as a rising of the ashes. So it was a way for us to start new, and so um, we journeyed across to the to the west to the desert, and um, it was a struggle, of course, getting here because um, we had to sell a majority of our belongings and um, you know take a U-Haul truck across with whatever was left, and you know we had a couple of suitcases between us all. How many um, kids? So I have three brothers, so four including myself and then my, my parents. So there's six of us all together. So yeah, it was definitely a struggle because I have, a, I have an older brother. Um, he's two years older, so he yeah. is, um, he's 27. And I have a younger brother now um, that is uh, 23. And then another younger brother that just graduated high school that is 18. So, but at the time, of course, our age range was, we were so much younger and we, we could barely handle the move as it was because we didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, you know, essentially being ripped from all of our friends and, and family because a lot of our families back in uh, Ohio or at least on that side of the country. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of a, a major change, of course. It was like a, a, a giant life change um, to do that at such a young age as well. Um, and to sort of have no way to, to sort of voice my anger and frustration, I just sort of like, I had a lot of pent up frustration and anger from the whole situation. Um, and so I would run away from school all the time, <laughs> uh, because, because I just, of course I didn't want to be there. So, um, I, I didn't know, I didn't know what else to do. That was like my way of sort of voicing, um, how I was feeling. And so that was one of the things that I would do. And of course my parents I sometimes would have to call the police cause they didn't know where I was. Um, what would you be doing? Would you do it with other people or just alone? No, just by myself. I was just in this weird sort of 
state of mind where I, I didn't want to be around other people, um, especially um, people I didn't know because when we moved, I had to go to a new school. And so I didn't know any of these kids. I didn't like any of these kids. I didn't like the teachers. Um, were probably. You, do you think you were an introvert or do you think you were more extroverted? I was definitely an introvert at the time. Um, you know, I remember my first day of kindergarten, my mom was dropping me off and I immediately started crying. I feel like a lot of kids might end up doing that, you know, but because um, you, you're not separated from your mother from too, for too long at that point in your, in your life. But um, I was always the type that was pretty shy, pretty kept to myself. And uh, yeah, I guess that was just one way of me just trying to trying to do something about these feelings. <laughs> I just didn't know what else to do, so I decided to run away from school. Uh, but everything's okay now. You know, that was... <laughs> Did <laughs> that they... Was I mean, time, how but. were you able to get out of the classroom or out of your teachers? Would you do it during recess? Well, so what would happen was, um, you know, my parent Or I would end up taking the bus to school, right? And so my parents thought I would... Because we didn't have a car either. So for like two or three years, we got by by taking the bus... Um, people picking us up, public transportation of that sort. And, uh, well, I would take the bus to school and as soon as I would get there, I would just go somewhere else instead of, so my parents would think I'm at school, but then of course the, the school would then call my parents and be like, Hey, Scott hasn't shown up. Where is he? And then my parents would be like, Oh shit. <laughs> Where right. Is Scott? Cause, cause they think they're just trying to make it because your dad right. didn't have a job right when you moved there. Your mom right. did. Right. So, so they're trying to hold it together and you're definitely not helping. What about nothing. your other brothers? Were they, uh, we were, we were all sort of releasing our frustration in different ways. Like my older brother, Brett would, you know, we'd all be in this, we all had this pent up frustration. So we would always like lash out on my parents or lash out on each other. And, um, you know, of course, running away, uh, we would, we would go to the local library and just play video games all the time. And when our parents told us that we couldn't do that, of course, we just got really frustrated. But I feel like at the time, looking back, video games were a, a way for us to sort of, um, you know, remove ourselves from the current situation. Mm -hmm. And so it was very difficult for us to um, have that ripped away from us as well. And so... <laughs> Did you understand what was going on? Did your parents talk to you? I think maybe well, was there a communication breakdown? Right. Oh no, for sure, for sure. Oh, we knew we were. You knew we knew exactly what was happening. But being a kid, I think I just didn't know how to deal with a situation like that. If that makes any sense, I just didn't know what to do. Um, and I think video games and running away and getting detention. Like I would get in trouble all the time. I got suspended at one point. Like I was a bad kid. Um, but it's mostly because I had all this pent up frustration from everything that had happened previously. Um, but I didn't sort of piece this puzzle together until recently. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I guess that's a general gist of it. <laughs> so then how long did that kind of go on for the, you, you weren't, didn't have a car for three years? Yeah, it was, I think it was about two or three years until somebody donated a car to us. Um, somebody gave us like, it was a really old, um, I don't even know what the type of car it was. It was a really old van that uh, somebody just had sitting around and they said, hey, we can, somebody, is, I, don't know, I don't know who exactly this person was or how they got in touch with us. It might've been through St. Vincent de Paul, which is the organization that helps us with canned goods and presents and 
just getting by. So they might've given us a car as well, or at least put us in touch with somebody that did. So that's how we ended up uh, stopped taking the bus to get around. So it was nice, especially being in Arizona it's, in the summertime, it's really difficult to get around and not, you know, sort of have heat stroke from, yeah. from the weather. Yeah. So a car is almost crucial in Arizona. So then when, so you were 13 when y'all got the van. So then you started working. I think you had told me before that your first job was like at McDonald's. Yeah, I was 15. You're not even supposed to work at 15. <laughs> but of course, being at McDonald's, I don't think they really cared. Um, <laughs> so I got my first job at 15 because, you know, I just needed to be able to pay for things. You know, my, my parents alone were already struggling paying for things and I needed to sort of help out in some capacity as well. So sometimes I would, you know, get my paycheck and that paycheck would go straight to paying rent or, or whatever the family may, may have needed. Even though at the time I know I was very hesitant about giving my money away, but I knew um, deep down, of course, it was, it was beneficial for the whole family. Um, it was just, it was very difficult to give my money away after I worked so hard to earn it. Um, mm -hmm. But we all had jobs really early. Like my, my older brother, Brett got a job at Fry's, which is, um, just a, a grocery store here. And so he was a bag boy and Garrett's working there now. So everybody, all my brothers, we all got jobs right off the bat. My other younger brother, Chris, he also ended up working at McDonald's as well shortly after I did. So we all just like started jumping into it. Cause we knew, you know, you just got to work for what you're, what you're after in life. And you can't just like sort of sit around and hope it comes to you. So I think this is part and maybe it's not, but, um, part of why you have such a drive that you didn't want to end up in the same situation because as yeah. a, in college, you worked a lot. I mean, you had pretty much a, uh, if not part-time close to full-time gig yeah. and you were doing an internship. You started off on an internship, I think your freshman year. Correct. Yeah. So my freshman year and you're not required to get an internship until junior year is when they like make you go out and find one. Um, but luckily I, I had a, a graphic design teacher that worked at, or when I was in high school, she was my graphic design teacher and she ended up moving on to Zion and Zion, which is, um, where she sort of helped me, um, get that internship and sort of work the ladder up, um, from that point on. But okay. yeah, I mean, I start, but yeah, I started at McDonald's until, and I worked at McDonald's for like four years, three or four years up until I got that internship. Um, so you're mm -hmm. correct. I think a lot of my, um, sort of work ethic has sort of stemmed from everything that has happened previously in my life. Right. So then did you, were you able to, did you get a scholarship to go to, cause you went to Arizona state, right? Yeah, I did. No, I didn't get a scholarship. I was really, uh, really focused within high school. You know, I had a, like a 3.7 or 3.8 GPA and I didn't get any scholarships. I didn't get any money from anybody. Um, so paying for college was definitely a very difficult task as well, especially when um, I had to apply for student loans and, and I, I took out every loan imaginable. So I was um, definitely under the debt for a while and it got to the point my sophomore or junior year I had to, I took out so many loans that I had to begin paying um, whatever the remaining balance was that was not covered by the loans. And so I had to like go into my savings and, and, and spend, you know, $2,000 of my own money to pay for this thing. Um, because I couldn't, 
I couldn't uh, tackle it alone with uh, the loans because the loans weren't enough to cover everything. Right. So it's, it sucked. So you were going, so I'm just trying to paint the picture. This like struggle, you've struggled, but then you also, during school, you did, um, you would get up uh, Saturday mornings and you would Mm -hmm. go and you would uh, draw on the chalkboard underneath the bridge and you would, sometimes it would take five hours, sometimes it would take eight hours, right? And you would do this every Saturday for practice. But then you also did, uh, was it a 365 project or? I did, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you did a 365 project, which also got you a lot of, it was early on in Instagram, and you got mm-hmm. a lot of exposure that way. I know you had done, you did some work for Disney, you did some work, you were doing bigger client, but you were also doing your schoolwork, Yeah, <laughs> which sometimes schoolwork, you have told me in the past, it kind of took second stage, right? Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Because at the time, of course, I was landing all these clients, I was thinking, um, I mean, I was already thinking even before the clients that I really hated school because of um, the way the program is designed. And that's a story in itself as well. But uh, I really didn't sort of connect with the Swiss design that ASU is focused around. Um, obviously, my work is so far from that. Um, and that was sort of led me to what I'm doing now is like, I, I knew what I didn't like. And then I needed to sort of change my my direction to find out what I do like and sort of lettering sort of fell into my lap thanks to Instagram and uh I've just been doing it ever since <laughs> but you haven't just I mean it's not like you've just been doing the same thing I told you I'm packing up things and moving things around we're doing some renovations at the house and that's why I'm here today um yeah. and I found a old poster and you said that was like one of your first posters right? yeah that's true that's true I did that piece um it might have been sophomore year, junior year or something. So how many years ago? But, Five, six years ago. But when, you, when I told you that the other day, you were like, oh, man, that's, that's like a cringeworthy, right? Which, of yeah. course, I still think it's great. <laughs> yeah. But you've done so many different things. You're not just doing lettering. You've also uh, created your own typefaces. You went to Cooper Type Union in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you've really you haven't ever stopped learning and you haven't stopped growing. You've tried working. You um, had gotten um, done some things other than freelance. And I think you were working. um, Oh man, I can't think of that company. Uh, I worked at stranger and stranger for a short time. Right. In in New York while I was doing the type of Cooper program. And it was very difficult to balance that with school as well because both of them were very demanding. So I had to pick one or the other and I made the move to New York specifically for school. So I had to, I had to make the choice. So that was difficult. So, but then, so um, I think one of the problems with freelance is the balance, right? You take on too much or or it's can be crickets and it's always that fear. And I feel like that's one of those things that you're really driven to not have that, that, that cricket time, but that even happens to you. I remember one time recent, uh, maybe it was the beginning of, or sometime last year you posted on Facebook, Hey, I'm available for work. And I feel like, um, people forget that this happens to everybody, but we have to let each other know when we're, when we are in need or when, Hey, I'm available, you know? So this whole show is really about balance. So we've painted the picture. Um, we understand where maybe some of that really 
uh, I think your picture needs to be next to the word grit. I've told you that before in the dictionary. I just feel like you have, you have a lot of, um, uh, drive that's, Sometimes I've been concerned about you. I've been like, Scott, man, are you eating, right? Because sometimes yeah, you're pretty I know. skinny. I know. So, yeah. um, but there have been times where you're just doing a lot. So right. how, um, kind of paint the picture of where you are now. You and I had a conversation, I think it was before Creative South. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and you kind of told me that, you know, you were really trying, um, you'd gone through the kind of the slower period and you were, you were trying not to overtake on too much. So right. the balance was really important. But then there was some also just health things that were kind of going on. Can you kind of mm-hmm. give us an uh, insight into that a little bit? Yeah. And sorry for everybody. Sometimes this stuff is pretty gross, but I'm totally open to sharing um, everything that happened. So, <clears throat> and, was, so you're 25, right? I am 25, yes. Okay. Um, but at the time when this happened, I was 24, if that means anything. <laughs> it, it does, I think, because I want people to realize that this can happen even when you're young and you need yeah. to get serious. That's true. So uh, it was shortly before um, Thanksgiving. I had blood in my stool. And of course, that was a sort of wake up call for me. Because of course, I was like, oh, geez, some- obviously something's wrong. Um, and so you know, mentally, I was in the worst place possible. I immediately, of course, thought the worst thing. Um, and I called my parents, I was sobbing, I was crying, because I, you know, pretty much, I told myself I was dying, essentially. Um, Did you do research on the computer? Like, oh, of course, of okay. course. <laughs> you know, and I think that's part of the problem, too, is because, you know, you can go to Google, and you could have one symptom, and then instantly, it's like, oh, you have cancer. <laughs> I'm just like, right. Uh, but anyway, so... So I went to the doctor, of course, uh, the, the same day that happened. Thankfully, they got me in. They did their tests. Um, I found out that same day that my prostate was also enlarged. So that was another thing for me to worry about on top of the blood in my stool. And so but that you also... you sure if your prostate was just larger, right? Those are some things that you and I had talked about. Mm-hmm. You just didn't have anything to kind of uh, base it off of. Right. Exactly. But um, you, these were all concerns. This is something a 24 year old should not necessarily have to deal with. Right. 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 So it was definitely, it was all a mental struggle at this point. Like I had no idea what was going on and neither did the doctors of course, because they needed to run their tests. They needed to run the, uh, the blood work and stuff. Cause at the time I hadn't been to the doctor in like two or three years. Um, so of course that was another sort of reasoning why I was going insane is cause I, I could have thought it was anything because it's been so long. Um, and so, and then I also found out from the tests, uh, like the following week that I also had a UTI. And so it was just all these three things that sort of stacked up on top of each other, especially the blood in the stool situation that really sort of drug me down. Um, and so for, you know, a month or two months, maybe even three months, I was in, uh, like the deepest hole imaginable for my, for my mental state. I've never been that depressed. Um, I've been depressed before. I've hit those sort of stages where you, you hit that point and then you slowly climb out of the hole. But this is probably the lowest hole I've ever been in, if that makes sense. Um, and so from all of this, obviously, I, need, I knew I needed to make a change. Like there was something 
there's something wrong, how do I write that wrong? Um, luckily from all the tests, everything's okay, everybody. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, I had to get um, an allergy test done as well. And so they, they came to the conclusion that a lot of the sort of symptoms and things that I was, I was having is because I was eating a lot of foods that I happened to be allergic to. And, and some of them were good foods, like right, uh, I yeah. think bananas, right? Yeah. You're allergic to was, bananas, asparagus, I think they, you said. Yeah, they printed out this sheet of all these things that I was allergic to. And I was allergic to a good amount of healthy foods, like exactly bananas, uh, rice, like everything that I was eating at the time is what I was allergic to. So, of course, from all of this and then cutting out all these foods, um, I lost a, a ton of weight. I, well, a ton of weight meaning 10 pounds, but 10 pounds for me is a lot because I'm already underweight as it is. <laughs> so um, at the time I was like 138 um, when everything happened and now I'm down, uh, I'm down to, I was down to 128 and now I'm back up to 132. So we're going, we're, we're going back up. Good job. Uh, so it was, it was a mental struggle in every capacity. And so, like I said, I needed to make a change. And so, of course, the first thing, change your diet. Um, so my diet is mostly just fruits and vegetables at this point. I do occasionally, of course, eat. I, I, at the time when everything was happening, I was also vegan. So I was vegan for almost a year. And so I was thinking, oh, I'm a healthy vegan. Like, there's no way anything could ever happen. But I would consider myself, looking back, definitely an unhealthy vegan because there's a, there's a healthy way to do it and an unhealthy way to do it. So um, what's, a, what's a healthy way to do vegan? Well, more, more organic uh, whole, whole foods like produce and stuff. And I was more of the um, go to you know, Trader Joe's and find something that says, this is vegan, and I didn't look at the ingredients or anything else. Mm. You know what I mean? So I didn't do, I didn't do any research in, in what was actually in these processed foods and all the other stuff. So a lot of my... Um, downfall was probably from that and stuff. So yeah, well, I'm all about. You not, you're not vegan anymore. I'm not vegan anymore. I, I don't know what to call myself because I occasionally I will have meat once a week, mostly just to make sure I get the calories I need and the vitamins and stuff. But I keep it very minimal to once a week. Is your girlfriend um, also vegan? She was at the time. Now she is also doing the same thing about okay. once a week, and so that makes it easier as well. So we all have like similar diets. Um, yeah, reading labels. I know. I'm reading the chat over here. But yeah, I'm 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 mostly like a plant-based diet now. So I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and sometimes rice and stuff. But on top of all that, doing yoga, doing meditation, um, just sort of like self-care. You so know? those those were two things to me that stood out. Okay, so obviously your diet had to change. But on top of all this, having this kind of drive, I think it's really difficult to meditate and to do yoga, sometimes yeah. it's like an anxiety attack for me. I'm like, let's move to the next position, people, <laughs> right? It's, it can be difficult. Right. And so you started going, your girlfriend had been going to yoga for a while, yeah. and then yeah. you went with her. And so, mm -hmm. so what, to me, that, that's a big change. And because um, yeah. that's a mental thing, again, I think, inside your head. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, luckily she was already going. So I kind of knew and understood what it was all about because she would tell me about it. And so one time, of course, she was like, oh, you should come with me. And of course I was like, no, I'll never do yoga. Um, but you know, I went into this class and it was, it was a, it was what they call bliss out class. And so it's more of the slower pace. Like you have 
more time in your positions in your downward dogs and child pose and all that stuff. So you're kind of just hanging out there and there's not as much like, I don't know, <laughs> fluid movement into all these different poses really quickly. So it's more of a relaxing yoga. It's more of a meditative yoga in my opinion. So it sort of allowed me to sort of contemplate a lot of things as I'm doing the yoga. Cause you're not only focusing on, you're focusing on your breath and the movements, but you do have a lot of time to just sit there in this pose and you're like, okay, what do I do? Right. So, so was that ever hard? Was that ever uh, hard for you? Yes and no. I uh, starting out. It definitely was. Cause of course my mind is racing and I have a million things going through my head. Cause this was also during the time that I was dealing with everything. So I was just like, I'm willing to do anything to get rid of these <laughs> thoughts. You know, I just needed to change my, my mindset cause I was in just like this negative negative place. Mm. Um, and so yoga and meditation sort of helped me. It was difficult at first, but I think through repetition and through doing it over and over, of course, you sort of get used to it and you train your mind and you train your brain to, to know what's to come, um, how to handle situations like that and that sort of thing. So I've kind of, I've kind of trained myself now at this point. Cause I, I, of course, anytime I feel some sort of symptom, I'm, I'm, I guess you could say I'm some kind of hypochondriac of sorts where I'm like, Oh, what is this thing? What am I, what do I have? What's going on? Um, but through meditation and through yoga, I've sort of trained myself to realize like, okay, take a step back, you know, think about everything that you've done up until this point. Um, what could it have been? What could have led up to this point? It, it could be a million things. So I'm trying to, prevent myself from going straight to the negative and, st mm. and sort of change that narrative to be obviously more of a positive thing. Do you think now this, I might not be making a good connection here, but do you think about like when you were first lettering, did you ever have, were you ever negative about your lettering or were you pretty positive about it? Um, I mean, at the time I didn't know it was bad, you know, cause you're, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going through the motions and just drawing and, um, I was just having a great time creating something, you know? And I was just like, this is amazing. You know, I was enjoying the process and I was enjoying um, what, I, what I created from that point. And so therefore I didn't think about, oh, does this suck? I right. don't know. Can I, so you, you, know, weren't, you weren't being too critical of no, that? No, I don't think so. Cause so, I, was, I was just sharing this stuff on Instagram. I just wanted to be like, here's something I made. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Here's something I made, let's keep going. So, so do you th by doing that and because you did that, you had the commitment. Do you think that that helped you stay committed to doing yoga? I mean, I know you kind of dropped off a little bit, but I don't I know. I definitely dropped off. Yeah. <laughs> yoga's yoga's for me. It's, it's difficult for me to maintain doing yoga mostly because, um, I enjoy the class environment. I can't, I can't, I can't just do it here in my, in my place. Um, cause I wouldn't, I just wouldn't, be able to focus or at least do it properly um, or even carve out the time to do it. So I tend to go to a class setting and for me to get around to the class, um, it's pretty far. I don't have a car still after moving back from New York and it's also 110 out there. So that's part of the reason why I've given up on yoga at this point because I'm sort of waiting for the, the weather to get a bit better so I can bike down there. Right. Okay. So, um, all right, so you don't really have commitment issues. You will do it again. You Yeah, yeah. You, I I don't have commitment issues ever. No way. No way. <laughs> so, 
So, but I think that it's really interesting. So it sounds like you've also done some either thoughts about that move from Columbus to Phoenix that mm-hmm. has, you've kind of either been in therapy or done something that's really caught, read something or whatever, really caused you to go back and really kind of retrace your steps and think about and deal with some of those feelings. Yeah, right? oh, definitely. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the sort of emotions and stuff that I was feeling up into that point, like it was, it was the move, it was a past relationship, it was college, it was the, you know, my, my work um, sort of life balance at the time, um, you know, having a part-time job and then freelance and then schoolwork. And I think it was, I was just overburdening myself at, at such a young age and it finally just sort of caught up to me. You know, so that's where I feel like most people are, Scott. Like, it's great that you've learned this early. I'm not saying that you'll, it'll never happen to you again because probably right. it'll, it'll, it'll probably will. Yeah, but I think that that's for me, that's one of the things I feel like you can teach me is like, okay, so you've overburdened yourself. How do you get out of it? Was it just mm-hmm. a complete like, ah, I'm not doing anything, or how do you pull back? How do you start, yeah, uh, making some of those changes because those your part-time job was expecting certain things from you. Your teachers were expecting certain things from you. Your girlfriend was expecting certain things for you. And you, and then you also put the pressure on by doing the 365 project. And that took, that was a priority. And so you had all these, and then you also had client work. So how how did you come back to balance? I guess. Um, I don't know how I handled it back then, honestly, but now I, I would say, I, I, I just, I guess I know better from previous experiences that it is okay to take time for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I think as creatives, we get into this sort of mode where we can just keep creating and keep creating until obviously one, one day, even for me, like today, I'm supposed to sketch up some logos and I'm having a tough time coming up with something. And so we all, all obviously hit that sort of creative block and it's just a matter of determining how do you obviously unblock yourself. And for me, and hopefully for others, it's just a matter of obviously identifying the problem, whatever that problem is. And so um, once you identify that, then you can sort of take the steps and know how to fix that problem. Um, for me, obviously, I knew my, my issue was, okay, I, have, I had blood in my stool. How do I fix that? Okay, I need to change my diet. How do I, how do I change my mind? Okay, I need to, obviously, I need to do something about that. Do meditation. I did therapy. I actually had a uh, therapy call this morning with um, somebody online. There's like this online service. You can just do therapy and just call somebody. So it was pretty sweet. So I thought, okay, this works out for, my, for me and my schedule. So, so uh, therapy, meditation, of course, yoga, um, and just sort of taking time to make sure that I'm balancing everything that I'm doing. Because obviously before... I wasn't balancing it. I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I was just saying yes to everything. And so now I have more of a, a schedule that I can look at and say, okay, do I truly have time? Or, and, and of course now with weekends, I wasn't, um, I wasn't taking my weekends back, you know, a couple years ago. Now I'm actually making sure I have my Saturday and my Sunday free to hang out with my girlfriend and hang out with my dog, go for a hike, whatever that thing is. Like I'm, I'm making sure that I'm actually enjoying life. <laughs> rather than life sort of like taking a hold of me. So that was the other thing I, I know you had said when you were in that depression, the dog helped because he was oh, there yeah. with you, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah, it was a reason to get up because he had to right. go for a walk. And you really took that on. You were his caregiver in the early, right. early days. 
Yeah, because in a sense, I mean, I'm so thankful we got him because he was the, he was sort of in my, because I was working out of my apartment. And so it sort of gave me a reason to be like, okay, I need to, you know, Billy needed to go outside. He needed to relieve himself. Okay, I need to take him out. So I, it gave me a reason to sort of get up out of bed. Um, obviously, just be cautious or not cautious, um, just sort of aware of my surroundings as I'm taking him on a walk, like taking in nature, just enjoying sort of every second of that. Because as I was going through this mental state of, of all the health issues going on, like I said, I, I pretty much told myself I was dying. So I was literally, I swear to God, I called up my brother. I told him I loved him. I said, I love you, Brett. Uh, I don't know what's going on right now, but you know, I just, I needed to tell him that I, I was in this super emotional state that I just needed to like get everything out because for, you know, five or six years I kept everything in. And finally, maybe this is like the, some sort of awakening, some sort of breaking point. I was just like some weight off my shoulders to finally sort of let, let, go of everything. I don't know. So it sounds like you started really taking uh, stock of what you had and where you were and getting a dog really kind of like, um, maybe yeah. it was kind of like a, a, a speed bump. You had to, you had to go over the speed bump. Like your life couldn't continue to remain. The blood in the mm -hmm. stool definitely added to that. So Victoria um, has a question, which I think is great. Um, oh, Peter's plug-in. Uh, yeah, I saw. Peter and Fabio <laughs> work there. Go for, good for you. Get your stuff delivered. Chewy.com, so people. Funny. So, Victoria asks, um, do you ever feel guilty when you take time for yourself? I feel like yeah, earlier you did a yeah. lot, and maybe you still do, but can you kind of tell no, us so, how you get over that? Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question, because yes, a couple years ago, I would totally feel guilty, because I didn't have I felt like I didn't have the time, you know, I was like, Oh, I don't have time to just sort of sit back and do nothing. Um, but I mean, I feel like it's preached over and over, but if you do take the time to sort of obviously take time for yourself, you then can put more of yourself into your projects, into your life, into your spouse, girlfriend, whatever that thing is like, then your life obviously becomes more enjoyable and you enjoy your life right along with it because you're like fully there, fully aware. Um, if you are not fully there or fully aware of your life, then, you know, sort of life almost passes you by and you're like going through your weeks and you're like, what the hell? It's already Saturday. How did, you know, five days go by because you're not fully, you're not fully in it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like through the meditation and stuff, you sort of, obviously you take a step back and you can just sort of let your mind at ease for a couple minutes. I do meditation for five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the afternoon and five minutes right before bed. So it doesn't have to be like, obviously that's 15 minutes out of your day and you've got 24 <laughs> hours in the day. Um, 15 minutes is obviously nothing. And I think it's a, just a, a really, a really great thing to do. I highly recommend re meditation for anybody. I was really skeptical too, but it's amazing so far. What did you do to start? Like, was there an app? What, was there something that would be mm -hmm. easy kind of for somebody who was, didn't have a lot of time and didn't really know how right. to get this? For me, that app was uh, Headspace. I, um, I can't remember how I came across it. I feel like um, my buddy Ade was talking about it on Twitter or something. And I, I remember texting him after all this stuff was happening. I was like, hey man, what app do you use for meditation? He said Headspace. Um, and so I, I looked into Headspace. Everything's really nicely designed. It's like perfectly designed for a designer. So yeah, 
it is. Everybody in this chat would definitely be really into it. It's just a matter of obviously getting into the process of enjoying the meditation. Um, because you obviously have to sit there and do nothing for five minutes or 10 minutes or however long you want to do it. So were you, and they give you like a, cause I started it because I was like, okay, nice. I, I yeah. definitely need this. And so my thing is that I get, I wake up in the middle of the night and then I have, you know, it's just my mind's racing. So I yeah. really, they have a specific one to go back to sleep. Yeah. I use that too. And so that, and it's like, you could do a three minute or a five minute and I'm mm -hmm. like, okay. And it's really, it's a really nice guy's voice and he's I know. Very calm. super soothing. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's he's great. from the UK. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so, um, and it, it, have you ever seen the animation? Um, oh, boogers. What is it? It's, um, it's the same animator that does the animations for headspace. And it was okay. like, um, it's all the things that go wrong and like the guy puts his hand in a piranha thing and he comes out and one guy gets hit by a train and it, do you know what I'm talking about? No, y'all have to send oh us a gosh. link. It is. I will. I will put it in the show notes. It's hilarious. It's like this cute little song and it's how these people die. <laughs> it's the, Oh gosh, what is it? Anyway, it's those little illustrations. It's like Dane, Strange ways to die or something. Yeah. Oh, weird ways. Yes, a cute little song. It's how these people <laughs> die. Yes, David. Do you do you know what I'm talking about, or are you just repeating what I said? Um, yeah. Somebody post a link, and we'll all watch it. Uh, it's blank ways to die, and they do this little dance anyway, and then they turn around and like they're yeah. one guy doesn't have his head anyway. It's great, but it's the same people that do the headspace uh, animation. Awesome. Um, but the, it's like twelve ninety nine a month or you can do a yearly right. or, um, mm -hmm. I can't remember what the other thing is. I did show it in class, um, page for sure. Okay. So one thing I want to, cause you didn't just like, you kind of like sk skipped over the diet part. Like you're right. doing some That's severe diet yeah. that I think, yeah. um, really, I think it's called strange ways to die. Maybe I'll look it up in a second. While you tell this, tell us about this. So okay. tell them about the celery. Oh, the celery juice. Well, some people might think it's crazy. Actually, a lot of people might think it's crazy. Um, but I, I, my mom of course shared with me this book as I was going through all this stuff um, called the medical medium. And he talks about how celery juice is like the, be all cure all the thing for everything you ever need in life. It is the, it is the thing to do. So, you know, part of this sort of regimen to get your body back in balance is to drink celery juice every morning, uh, a 16 ounce glass of celery juice, um, on an empty stomach. So right when you wake up, you drink the celery juice and, um, I've been doing it for, you know, ever since that was, uh, that was November. So ever since November, so it's been about, you know, six or seven months now. Um, and so I knew you were going to ask me the benefits of celery juice. So I had to write them down because there's so many benefits. Um, so, and, but celery doesn't have a lot of flavor. So I oh, asked, yeah, Oh, are you missing anything with it? And you said, no, no. and Just I, straight celery juice. And I said the same thing, Amy. I, he, she said, she doesn't like celery. God did yeah. not like celery either. And you're talking no. a lot of stocks to get, Cause it, how yeah. many ounces did you say? 16 ounces. So for that's like at least, I mean, it depends on how big your stock is. If you have a giant stock, then yeah, you could probably get 16 ounces from that, but it's okay if it's less, if it's 12 ounces, that's okay. Whatever. 
as long but, as you're getting your celery juice in. But at first you were like downing it with your, yeah. right? I was just chugging it. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm just like meditation. You just keep doing it over and over. You just get used to it. Um, and so that celery juice along with, um, there's a special smoothie that he tells you to make and like obviously eating more fruits and vegetables. And so I eat tons of fruits and vegetables now, but obviously more, I've been eating more fruits than anything because I think fruit has gotten a bad rep over um, just like the community community as a whole. Just a lot of people are saying, Oh, there's so much sugar and there's too many carbs and it'll do this and it'll do, it'll give you diabetes. And like fruit is the sort of thing that'll give you life. Um, it'll cure a lot of the things or ailments or symptoms or whatever that is that you're feeling. And so that's why I've just been like, all right, well, if I don't want to see blood in my stool ever again, I'm going to make sure I never see it again. So I'm going to eat the right things. I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat these processed foods anymore. I'm not going to treat my body the same way I have been treating it. So yeah, it was just like, all right, I need to make a change. How do I do that? So the celery juice and um, the fruit, all that stuff, it's all been super beneficial. So when you go out of town, when you went to Creative South, what did you do? Because there's not like a juice place. <laughs> that, yeah, that was so difficult. Um, so luckily there was a juice bar like just shortly down the street from um, that coffee shop that everybody goes, Iron Bank. Iron Bank, uh-huh. There was a juice bar there, um, but I will say that was sort of like my cheat week. And of course <laughs> I ate, I ate more meat um, there than I have in like the past, you know, six months or so, um, because it was very difficult to eat that way. And of course, maintain the calories. For me, the calories are an issue because I might, I burn so many calories. You need more calories. He's yeah. not saying he's trying to watch his calories. He's trying no, to, I just need as many calories as I could get. So that's the other thing. So about your biking to the, uh, railway, like the whatever light rail or whatever it is. The light rail. Yeah. And then you take the light rail the rest of the way because mm -hmm. you don't want to burn a ton of calories going to work. Cause you don't need yeah. to burn any more calories. Yeah. Cause I, from the, from the diet that I was eating, of course I, I gained weight back. So I was at 132 or something. And then um, I started biking to work and that's a seven mile ride. And so I'd bike like all the way. And so doing that for two weeks, I, of course I lost, I went back down to 128 and I was like, Oh geez, I need to do something about this. And so I got a light rail pass. So I'd ride to the light rail and then take that the rest of the way so I can stop burning so many calories. So one of the other things that, um, uh, so have you been back to the doctor for one? Yes. I went back to the doctor two weeks ago. My prostate is fine. Same <laughs> size as it was or no, did it, it reduce? Down. It went oh. down because I've been eating the right things. That's terrific. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, that is. So um, did you go cold turkey like with the celery? Is there a specific diet? Like if you're talking about the special smoothie, they tell you to like, is that something that you can send me the link to or is that yeah. something? Okay. I can post all that in here. Um, I'd have to go find it first. Well, you can send it to me and I can put it in the show notes. It's totally sure. fine. Yeah, that works. Okay, so, and the video is Dumb Ways to Die, and Kim did put it up there, and I will be posting Perfect. it, and it's great. You'll have to watch it. I'll send it to you in a, a text or email or something after this. Okay, so cool. what's been harder, the diet or yoga, or meditation and yoga? That's a good question. Um, I would say, for me, I would say the diet's definitely harder, mostly because even eating the way I am eating, 
of course, again, it comes back down to calories. It's very difficult to get, you know, however many calories I need in a day because I am burning so much biking to the office, biking back. Um, and then sometimes I'll occasionally do some weightlifting um, because that's supposedly really good for gaining weight or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> muscle weighs more than fat. Right. So, I'm like, of course, I'm the type of person, my, my metabolism is so fast, I've never worked out. So, I'm finally also working out as well. And so, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just pulling some things here and doing some things, <laughs> lifting some dumbbells, and, you know, <laughs> who the hell knows what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I would say the diet's definitely di more difficult, um, be mostly because like I, I eat so much and I'm just so sick of eating. So Peter says when, uh, I can imagine that. So like, what is your most, uh, caloric, what's the item that you eat that has the most calories? Um, I, I eat a ton of sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes and avocados. So I, I eat an avocado every day, mostly because of the fats and the calories that are in it. Um, but it's also a really good healthy fat for your heart. So um, I've been healing my body slowly but surely over all these months. So I feel pretty damn good, honestly. So Victoria asked if you can have beans. I cannot have beans. Or that was rice, right? You're allergic to rice? Um, it's been long enough that I can introduce these foods back in, luckily. So I have been eating rice, but beans still, I can't, I can't do them. Even though they're a great source of protein, especially for you know, somebody that's vegan or a vegetarian. Beans just don't sit well for me, so I'm just staying away from them. It's a bummer. Right. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk about before we go is that mm. this was something that you were like, hey, you told your brother, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's happened to me. And you told some <laughs> other people, and these other people seemed not to be worried at all uh, that yeah. there was blood in their stool. So yeah. what – I isn't mean, this insane? was a shock, right? Right. Yeah, isn't it crazy? I – yeah, everybody. I was telling Diane earlier that I, of course, explained my situation to a number of people, including my parents. And of course, my parents were like, oh, yeah, I've had that happen. Oh, yeah, that's happened to me. And a bunch of other friends, everyone's like, yeah, I've had that before. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, aren't you guys freaking out right now? But maybe I obviously my mind is in a different place than theirs. Um, a lot of people might just um, sort of brush a lot of these things off. You know, they might have some sort of symptoms and sort of put up with it. But I'm of the nature of like, your body shouldn't be doing that. So how do we fix this? Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to find out. I wanted to get to the, the root of the issue and, and figure out why that was happening and obviously prevent it from happening in the future. Um, yeah, so to me, it's so strange that people just kind of, I don't know, you know, they shrug it off and put up with it, but I can't do that. So when Brett actually, because um, he was the one who said, your brother, of course, we're outing him now about right. <laughs> People go up to him later and be like, hey, man, I heard you had blood in your stool. <laughs> that won't be so great. He'll be like, oh. Um, oh my God. But so, you know, because I feel like some people do just brush it off. But really, yeah. your prostate was enlarged. There was obviously something going on. But one of the right. things I think, had you been eating really bad, if you had eat, been eating pizza and bacon and yucky things, then you probably would have been like, oh, it's just that stuff. But you were yeah. vegan. You were already yeah. trying to eat healthy. Right. And so exactly. th this was like a, and obviously it was an allergy. There were other things going on. Mm -hmm. But I guess I'm trying to make sure people take into consideration that their body's trying to talk to them. For me, yeah. I think when I can't sit during a yoga session and because i am too anxious this is a problem this is right. not uh something i agree that, 
having a weekend, I think something that, um, you know, for somebody like you who has such amazing drive, it's about when you say to us, Hey, this is what I've had to do to get to where I am. It's not that, that you're, and you know, maybe you were charging more than when you were before, or, but maybe it just, you're more productive because you do have those times of rest. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So um, I think Victoria asked about lentils or garbanzo beans or peas. She's trying to help. Oh, um, lentils occasionally. I can't eat them too often. Garbanzo beans, no. That one's definitely a no for me. But peas, yes. I need those starchy vegetables so that I can feel, <laughs> feel pretty full. What about carrots? Can you do carrots? Oh, all the time. Carrots every day. Yeah. So do you juice anything else or ju- juice? No, just a celery. Just, just a, a celery. celery juice. Okay. Yeah, I didn't list my the benefits of celery juice. Okay, tell me, tell me, since um, you did all that all research right. for me. I know, I did all this research. I came prepared. Uh, <laughs> it's an energy booster. It prevents cancer. It lowers cholesterol. Prevents and heals any kind of digestive disorder you're ever feeling. Um, maintains a healthy acid-base pH levels in your, in your body. Treats insomnia. So if you're having trouble sleeping, hmm. um, hydrates and heals your skin and prevents skin damage. And, and the list goes on and on. But that, those are like the key points. So then were you also, we had talked about this before me and you uh, had talked about water, the water intake. So yeah. what was your water intake before? Oh, I've always been drinking good water. tons and tons of water. Yeah, being in Arizona, you have to drink more than you think you need because it's so dry here that the sun just sort of sucks it right out of you. Right. Um, so it's very, it's very easy to get heat stroke and, and those sorts of things here because of the, the sun. So I'd, I've always been drinking plenty of water. Okay. So um, what's something I have we, that we should talk about, but I haven't asked you? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I think you have something coming up, right? I do have two workshops coming up. Um, one is, I'd have to look up the exact dates. I believe it's the 27th. I could be very wrong. September 27th is a workshop with AIGA DFW. Dallas, Fort Worth. So crew, I know he had to leave, but um, we'll make sure he knows. And I know, I think Michael is in Houston. So Michael may want to go. So what kind of stuff are you going to teach in that workshop? So that one's going to be a logotype lettering workshop. We're going to create our own custom lettered logotype. Um, similar to the, you know, 20 or so, or however many I've made similar to the logos I've made for myself, um, or whatever that logo is that you've been dying to make, we're going to make it. Um, that is the 27th of September. And then also doing the same workshop, um, in Austin. So if you're even closer, or if in, um, in, uh, Texas, cause they're both in Texas. So luckily I'll just like fly up to Austin or something on Saturday, the 29th. So it's shortly after. Cool. But that's it. That's all that's going on in my life. I'm just coasting right now. I'm just trying to get by. <laughs> so, but, so what's the biggest challenge for you right now? Is it, um, when you got um, back kind of on your, uh, a more solid flow, this is one of the things I, with Jason Karn, he kind of had the same, like you kind of, you're in this deep pit of all this work and then yeah. you come out and, nobody remembers that you are there because you haven't nobody been marketing yourself. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not yeah. really. I mean, we definitely, no, it's true. It's true. It was very difficult to get work for those number of months that I was going through all that. You know, I didn't have anything for five or six months. Um, and so I was living off my savings. And so I've dwindled it down to 
just barely anything in there now. So I'm slowly trying to get back to where I was. So what, um, what was one of the biggest things for you when you said, cause you reached out on Facebook. So was that hard to do or was that like, yeah, yeah it was very, it was very difficult. I even reached a point cause it, up until this, you know, a couple months ago, I reached a point where I was so desperate for work that I even emailed previous clients. I've never done that before. I know it's a common thing people do. Um, I've never done any marketing before. I'm not much of a businessman. I kind of just sort of, I've been lucky enough, thankfully, that I've shared my work on social media. People see my stuff and they send me an email and they say, hey, we want you to do some work for us. Um, and so luckily from all that, I've never had to go searching for the work. Um, but the past you know, couple of months, I've, ha I've had to reach that level where I emailed previous clients and said, hey, um, I just redid my website. Take a look. Let me know if you, if you need my assistance on anything because... I'm here. <laughs> I'm literally ready. Somebody give me some work here. So, so were that you was doing, difficult. Were you doing any like personal projects during that time to try to get work? Were you, what were you posting? No, I, I was, I was so, um, sort of still in this weird mental state that I couldn't bring myself to create much, even though I needed to create something to obviously get work or even create something for these clients. If they do say, Hey, we want you to make something. Um, but I knew I'd sort of just pull my shit together when the time came. Um, so it, it was difficult to actually even create something during that time. So I was mostly just making random posts like on, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I would just do text-based posts. I wouldn't, I wouldn't create anything custom. I wouldn't, um, you know, make some unique piece letting everybody know I'm available. It was just a quick, like, Hey, I'm available. I just needed to sort of get it out there and let people know. So then what are you going to do different so you do, that doesn't happen again? That's a good I mean, question. I feel like it's going to, like, that's just life, you know? It yeah, goes, yeah. Oh, definitely. And, definitely. I, and I feel like um, I, Kim's saying it can be so brutal. I've been there. I'm yeah. there currently. It's hard to stay motivated and yeah. it messes with your mind. And I feel like some it people totally are, there, um, my best friend, uh, Tara, who we went to college together, great, uh, she's a great illustrator, great designer. She, uh, in like 2012, was like, I guess I'm just going to go get a different kind of job. And I'm like, no, no, you can't. It's the same way with Jason Carr. Right. You know, I was, he was going to go back to construction. I mean, this is stipple. I know. I saw, like, I saw that. I saw that, that when he was going through that. And it's, it's terrible because, yeah, sadly, we all sort of reach that state. And it's, it's sort of inevitable. Um, for me, it's just a matter, of, again, it's sort of like coming back to, trying to understand what went wrong, how do you fix that problem, and obviously doing something differently because you can't just keep rolling with the punches right. and, and hope everything's okay in the end because obviously something's, something's changing. And for me, I think a lot of that is the Instagram landscape has been changing because that's where a lot of my clients have come from. But Instagram as a whole has been changing, and that's mm -hmm. another story. But um, So for me, what I need to do differently is sort of be more mindful of like the business side of things. And maybe, maybe it is reaching out to people more often. Maybe it is, um, obviously the, the one step that I took that really helped me was to get an, a physical studio space, like working out of my apartment for two or three years. Um, that was also detrimental on my mental health because I wasn't seeing anybody except my girlfriend and my dog for two years. <laughs> And then obviously occasionally my parents too, but like I wasn't getting out and having that sort of social interaction that you have as a human. Um, and so 
which you had when you were in New York because you were in school, you were doing, and so, but those things lead to clients, right? So it's those interactions are some of the things that actually, because we get things from relationships, but it's really about being consistently putting yourself out there, whether that's online Mm -hmm. and connecting or or even like, you know, having that Skype call or something. I mean, when we met, we were just co- reconnecting. But then you told me all this stuff with your body. And I was like, oh, we got to be on this episode. So. I know. I know. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind for sure. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to obviously be happy and healthy to, to come out of it and come out of it strong. It's all been a huge learning experience. And sometimes you need those sort of blows to your life to understand you know what's really important in life and what you can do to to sort of make those changes to enjoy life again because I was at that time I was just coasting so now it feels good to actually be like you know I have I feel like I have a purpose again which is Mm -hmm. amazing you know I feel like before I didn't really have like a a purpose so it feels good to sort of get up and know that okay I'm going to go to work and I have to be at work by 7 30 or 8 a.m. and start the day and you know work around people that I love and just be in an environment where other people are so it's all been very very healthy. Are you trying to do more marketing or do you have a specific day or part of the month where you do something now is that part of the schedule because I mean I know now you have a more clear schedule you can look out and say I can't get to that logo in this two-month period right are you because that I think is something that a lot of designers don't do. And, yeah. and it's something really important. Just we tell our clients, hey, you've got to keep telling people about you. I know. So, so is that something you've scheduled in? That's a good question. I would say no, definitely I haven't, sadly. Um, I've been so busy. Luckily, I've been busy lately with projects and stuff that I've, I've had my head down working on stuff. But I know, I know in the back of my head that it is something I need to work on because um, at the end of the day, you're not only, I mean, if you're freelancing, you're not only a designer, you're doing, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the invoicing, you're doing, you're doing it all. And I think that's also what's so draining is because mm. freelancing, there's like this sort of, I don't know, myth about how great it is. And it is great, but there's so much shit that you have to put up with on top of that. Like you're, you're doing maybe like 15% design and the rest is everything else. You're doing the meetings, you're doing the all the bullshit, honestly. And it's, it's super draining for sure. And I honestly contemplated getting a full-time job too, many times throughout this whole situation. I emailed people and I was like, Hey, I need, I need something. Help me out here. Because freelance was like, Oh, it was dragging me down. So I just want to let everybody know it's not, it's not so glamorous, I guess. It's not so sort of cut and dry and like, Oh, you get to work on this project and like have a great time. It's not, no. Not like that, right? Not like that a lot. But I think for me, hearing you say that you, because I mean, Scott, like you've done some such amazing work, and I really, really look up to you as a designer, as a letter, as a business person, even. But that's to me. I mean, it it's terrible. I hate that this has happened, but really, it makes me feel a lot better because then it feels like sometimes when this happens, a lot of times we feel very alone. And we feel like yeah. it's us and we must suck or mm-hmm. we've gone through some period and nobody wants our work anymore. Um, we must not be as good as we thought or that trend or whatever I was doing. And it, I don't think that's the case. I think that it's just people have forgotten. So I used to yeah. uh, get a massage. I don't get it very often, 
that would be one thing I would love to do, but just don't right. really have the time and the money to do that. But my mm -hmm. massage therapist sends me an email once a month. And I think that that's a good way to at least contact clients, you know, just at least yeah. touch base with them. And so that, so that they're, um, past clients, sometimes it's just, they need reminding, Oh yeah, I do. I could use a massage or, Oh yeah, I yeah. could use something from Scott because I That's feel like true. people want to help you. They want right. you to be part of their team, but it just isn't, ha they just have forgotten. So we have to continually be, and it feels kind of pestering. You know, sometimes you get yeah. emails every day from certain people and you're like, buddy, I'm not answering the emails, you know, and you know, yeah, that's true. right. But it's yeah. not, I'm not saying, but maybe it's quarterly. You send them a postcard or you send them an email or you, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to figure out what works for you, but I would definitely figure out some sort of schedule so that you don't get in that. Cause right now it's, a, it's the wave, right? And you know, it's going to hit down again. Yeah. You just don't want the down to be as low as it was before because that also adds the stress adds to those things to your body just as much as what you're. Oh yeah. Eating, stress, can right? do, stress can do so many things to your body. So um, yeah, I, I'm very, I'm very aware I need to work on that. So at least I, at least I know that I'm I just, need to do something. I'm just but, encouraging you. I'm no, I know, encouraging I know, I know. myself right at the same time. It's like, right. oh, we got to just keep reminding ourselves. Exactly. Putting our stuff out there. Yeah. So um, I know uh, I want to make sure everybody knows it's 2.30. So I want to make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you. So you redesigned your site back when? Well, so I launched that, I think like at the beginning of February, possibly. Okay. Um, that was when I was slowly getting out of my funk and I was like, all right, let's do some work. <laughs> so um, yeah, youbringfire.com. And so you, that's always been your handle. And so now you have the Scott.Beersack also, right? On I have, yeah, I have both just in case, um, you know, if somebody typed in scottbeersack.com, it'll redirect you to um, youbringfire.com. Okay. So then your Instagram is youbringfire. Mm -hmm. And I've never asked you this, I don't think, but how did you come up with that name? You like that still? So, sometimes as a kid when we do things or when we're younger. Oh, no. I love it. I okay. love it. I like it's it. Not, it's, it's not going anywhere. Okay, um, the, that's a story in itself as well. But to keep it short, it's pretty much the name of a song from a band that I used to listen to. Um, and, you know, I at the time, I was super into Tumblr. So it was my Tumblr username because um, the song really spoke to me at the time. And... Um, you know, really sort of connected with me and it just stuck with me ever since. Cool. It's I like, like that. A, yeah, it's just a part of me. It was like, you know, seven or eight years ago and it's just been with me ever all, all, the, all these years. That's awesome. Okay, so then the other one is um, the uh, Continental Type Co. co mm -hmm. Continental Type dot C-O. Yes. And you have typefaces, which I bought and I love and I use. So... You want to tell people? Uh, so you guys can go and get those. And there's yes. a couple of typefaces, right? Yeah, so there's two typefaces. I just shared the link. Um, one is Gatefold, and the other is with um, my buddy and my friend, uh, Winston. He has High Ground, which is also on uh, Continental. We are both in a funk in terms of type design, so we'll, we'll be creating more typefaces soon, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough game out there with typefaces. <laughs> It is. It, and it's, it takes a lot of work, right? Yeah, it's so much work. I think that's why I've put off a lot of new typefaces because it's so much work. 
Well, and it takes a lot of time and it's a, it's, unless you're selling it or a lot of them, it can be kind of, um, yeah, I got to focus on other things right now. Right. You got to get your savings back up. I know. Yeah, (laughs) that would be nice. (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, Peter says gatefold is awesome by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Here's some hearts, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So Scott, thank you so much. I'm so glad you shared your story and I hope that if anybody else is having issues with their body, that yeah, they, talk to me. I'll I'll tell you exactly what foods you should eat. Okay, so you're gonna have a side a, your side yeah. egg now. Is, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I've I've done so much research over these past few months that I could help you guys out. If you got any questions, if you want to reach out about anything at all, I'm totally here. So they can they can message you on Instagram. At yeah, I don't care. Let's have a convers- yeah, let's have a conversation. I'm I'm totally down. All right, and they can also probably reach you via your website. Yeah, you got you can call me on the phone. My number is 602-403. <laughs> but it's so it's so much that you yeah. were happy to um share with people and you just really want to get the word out. And so yeah. stress what you're eating, smoothies with Scott. That's what they oh, I like about. that. I, I, I like too. that a lot. <laughs> um Paige says Scott Beersack, designer and health consultant. That's so. right. It could yeah. be next in my line of in my line of work of all the things I do. So maybe you need to contact some um, companies that are. Maybe you need to rebrand celery. You know that what I mean. Be, that would be nice. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, you totally should. You and uh, Ian Barnard, he can write, do calligraphy with the celery. Oh and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should totally do something with him on that. So I just want to let you guys know, we do have one, uh, two more guests for the series, but the series kind of had to get broken up um, because other things. And I am taking July off. Um, there might be, a, so there's going to be a Saturday July one with Drew Hill and Whitney Hill talking about financial peace and how they've gotten out of like $250,000 worth of debt. That's so awesome. um, talk about stress reliever. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a big one. And that'll, I think it's July 7th. I don't really know, but it's a Saturday um, in July. And then uh, possibly Kevin Green. I'm trying to kind of swap it up. So I'm, I'm really trying to take July off. Um, I, uh, so if you guys ever need me, you can always email me at diane at rechargingyou.com or sign up and get, if you're on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe. If you're on iTunes, definitely, or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it this week, um, if go ahead and, and uh, subscribe to that. And then just know I will be back, but July, most of July is going to be off. So Scott, thank you so much for being here with me and sharing both parts of your story. I really uh, appreciate you being open and honest about um, just growing up and all the things that you're you're doing and I just can't wait to see what else. And I'm going to bug you about being uh, constant about uh, your uh, marketing. Cause I want you to always, yeah. be Every, everybody should bug me about that. I need enough. To be about it. But it just makes, it makes me feel a lot better to know that you struggle too. And I know that sounds right. terrible, but no, I know exactly what you mean. We all struggle together. It's all good. Right. But we, a lot of times, just like with the blood in the stool, we don't talk about it. And so yeah, it ends up, true. we feel really in a hole alone. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes it worse. So yeah. anyway, I appreciate you telling me about Headspace and all these links. And if you can send me that link uh, to the 
um, celery and the smoothie oh, right, right, thing. Right. That would yeah, be awesome. That would be awesome. And I'm going to send you the dumb ways to die. You'll <laughs> Perfect. It. It, you'll, it'll be stuck in your head. Awesome. And you'll see what I mean by the dancing. Guys, we'll see you it's some Saturday in July. I don't think it's this coming Saturday. I know for sure, but I think it might be the next one. So right after July 4th, I think. So we'll see you guys then, and then we'll be off until August. All right. Thank you, guys.